I was like, oh good, some conflict. <laughs> And welcome to Love It or Weave It, where we let you know if we love an anime enough to recommend it to everyone or if it's just for the worst of the weaves. I'm Annie, and I think the best anime director is Makoto Shinkai, except for the last half of uh, Weathering With You. <laughs> Ooh. I, I respect <laughs> that decision. I, I would agree with that if it were, I don't know, like 10, 15 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be an interesting take to have before 10 15 years before weathering with you came out yeah well true yeah including the weathering with you yeah yeah everything's good except for that one movie that we haven't even heard exists yet yes i'm jeff and i think the best anime director is uh i guess uh mamoru hosoda which is kind of a basic answer but there it is wow nobody said the most maybe maybe not the most basic answer but close to it which is my answer i'm evan minto and i think the best anime director is satoshi kone mm. oh that's not what you I know what? Say. We I thought about basic. we were all gonna be when we said basic. Someone was gonna say Miyazaki. <laughs> Miyazaki is the most basic answer. That's why I was saying Cone is close to it. Yeah, actually, Annie, you're kicked off the show. You were the first to say Miyazaki, so you're kicked off the show. <laughs> this was a this was a game that I've lost. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. That was actually the point of this introduction. Oh well. All right. So. In case you didn't gather that, we have our first guest on the show. It's uh, Evan Minto, who you might recognize from Any Gamers. We've also written for Otaku USA, ANN, Crunchyroll. Anything else I'm missing? Uh, IGN once. I wrote about the Broly movie. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. Sweet. Happy to be the first guest on this show. Uh, thanks for having me. Ooh. Yeah. And so uh, we have him on to do our first review episode. Where today we're going to be reviewing all 12 episodes of Keep Your Hands Off Azoken, which is subbed on Crunchyroll and Verve. So for people who haven't listened before, the general structure of the show is that we cover a different new anime each week and decide whether we love it and recommend everyone or weeb it and say it's just four weebs and then the ones that we said we loved we commit to do a full review on this show we did not love but <laughs> it, it uh sparked enough discussion and has been like the most popular anime on any twitter the past several weeks months so we figured it was worth discussing some more and seeing watching to the end and seeing if there was something we missed so we uh resurrected it from the weeb graveyard to give it another shot but before we jump into azokin what else have we been watching Annie, have you been watching any other anime just b stars I assume you're just watching Beastars on loop forever. Yes, I'm just on a loop. <laughs> it's okay. I'm just watching the opening on a loop. It's so good. Just watching Louis Cobbett on uh, Legoshi on a loop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, yeah, I was I've gonna been... say it doesn't count as watching Beastars if you're just watching a GIF of Louis and Legoshi. <laughs> okay, that's it counts for me. I found a 10-hour version of the opening on YouTube, and I just have had wow. that going for like a week straight. <laughs> Evan, have you been watching anything interesting? Uh, I watched all of Beastars just recently. We have an episode uh, going up later this week uh, where we reviewed it pretty in-depth. It's it's like over an hour, uh, maybe. That. Yeah, we're, we're seeing how long it's going to be, maybe an hour and a half. So pretty long <laughs> Beastars episode. But uh, the one I was going to mention, actually, you know, maybe more specifically to me, is I am two episodes from the end of Turn A Gundam which I've been very mm. slowly making my way through over the past like year and a half or so. It's a uh, it's a weird Gundam show and I mean Gundam shows <laughs> can get weird, you know, in general. Yeah. Uh but it's it's directed by Tomino, right, by the director of Original Gundam and he has a very strange way of uh you know, writing characters and stories that they don't always make perfect sense. Sometimes they're like a lot of fun cuz they're, you know, Turn A Gundam has like some very interesting twists and a lot of cool ideas of, about the sort of space politics of it um but then a lot of times it has characters who will just be like 
I've decided that my goals are something else now <laughs> out of nowhere. And is this one of the, I've seen very little Gundam. Is mm-hmm. this one of the ones in a convoluted timeline or is it a standalone kind of thing? Uh, this is a standalone timeline, kind of. Uh, so it, it's not exactly in the Universal Century timeline. It is, this is like, I guess maybe this is a spoiler, but it's been, you know, I don't know, what, 20, 30 <laughs> years, 20 years, about 20 years since it came out, um, is that it, it takes place in a, a timeline that is a synthesis of all of the other timelines. So they, it, it's, at the point I'm at, it's not quite explained, but they're, uh, they... Are, they unearth mobile suits that are from like every Gundam show, right? So they're it's like this crossover oh thing where they're they're like the this meeting point of all of the different universes of Gundam, right? Hmm. Um, yeah, and it's the notable thing I think that that you know I knew about it before going in is just that it's uh, it has designs by Sid Mead, who famous like Hollywood designer worked on uh, Blade Runner, probably most notably hmm. the Gundam, like the turn a Gundam design is really strange. It has like an inverted version of like the, uh, what's it like the V foil, like the, the classic V on the Gundam's head. So it's like a mustache on the bottom of the <laughs> Gundam's head. Um, and, and the entire like sort of style of the world is basically a sort of turn of the century, almost like Miyazaki inspired look. It has like, you know, biplanes and, and things like that. Cute. Yeah. It lo- looks great. I mean, the, all the designs are really cool. Now my B-Stars answer feels less in depth and less good. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this is what I do. If you get me started. This is why my podcast runs so long. <laughs> Jeff, are you watching anything? Yeah. I have an even worse answer, which is. Because of preparing for this podcast, I haven't, I've had so little time. So the only thing I've been watching is like Bofuri. No, <laughs> I hate you. Uh, that show was, Jeff is, canceled. is like, it's like, okay. It's like mediocre to kind of good, but it's just been wearing <sighs> Like eventually it just, the more characters introduced. You better drop that shit, Jeff, before I come over there and drop you. <laughs> <laughs> Social distancing be damned. What, I, what I'm most frustrated by about it is that they started introducing the, so the premise of Bofuri in case you haven't listened to our episode about it, is a girl who I guess is so stupid that she plays the, the MMORPG so badly that she actually is the strongest one in the universe, basically, um, hmm. by Max putting every all of her points into defense. Wow, nobody ever thought of that. This game clearly right. didn't have like QA testers who <laughs> attempted doing yep. that. But one of the aspects I found really pr- promising early on was that they there were things like the world was getting nerfed around her. Like she would develop some new skill and it's like, oh no, she can't actually use that because you know, the game designers have taken it into account. But then, I don't know what episode, like episode five or so, they started actually introducing like avatars for the admins of the game world. And they're terrible. I hate them so much. It's like the worst. Are they hot? No, they're like goofy, oh, dumb animal point, things yeah. that have bad voices. It's terrible. Ooh, that's and, not good. <laughs> and once they introduce the other cast members in her guild and stuff, it's like the character writing is just not good. Oh, there's okay. the garage going off. Cool. Um <laughs> Telling me to get, stop talking about Bofuri. <laughs> yes, thank God. Thank you, Garage. All right. So getting on the topic of Azoken. So we talked a little bit in the first episode we did about it, about the production background, mainly that's by like a relatively unknown manga author. Um, and the studio animated is Science Saru. And mainly the most important notable thing about it is the director, Masaki Yuasa. Mm-hmm. Which I'm surprised nobody said as their favorite director. Oh, I'm... I probably actually do have like hot takes about Yuasa because I Ooh. I didn't really there's a, a few of his things that I'm not I wasn't a huge fan of and it took me a while to warm up to him but now I like I'm him. I'm still not warmed up to him. 
<laughs> but I know my hot takes. Evan, what are the what are the things that you do not like? I mean, my my hot take is just that I don't I don't like Mind Game, which is his debut movie, or at least when I watched mm-hmm. it the first time, I didn't like it. Um, a lot of people really like that. You know, a lot of people have been yelling about how good he is since Mind Game, right? Like that's not a I don't think that's a like controversial thing to like Mind Game, but I yeah. I wasn't a fan of it. I felt like it was kind of indulgent. Uh, which is what I th- I think he kind of is like that across a lot of his works in terms of, you know, experimenting with visual styles that, you know, maybe don't always totally fit, you know, the, yeah. the story that he's telling, but he's having a lot of fun with it. Uh, what I felt like, though, is as I watched more of his shows, I felt like, you know, maybe it was my perspective was changing or it could, did feel like he was, you know, learning how to hone that and like use it in a more targeted way to tell his story. So like Ping Pong is, is a great show, right? That's directed by him. And I think he does a great mm-hmm. job taking his like idiosyncratic style and like putting it to use on that show. Yeah, that one, it feels like it makes more sense. I'm still not mm-hmm. a big fan. I think the only things of his that I've like, oh, like enjoyed like full heartedly was Lou Over the Wall and Ride Your Wave, which Lou Over the Wall is on Netflix now, everybody. Please watch it. Yeah, I, I, I was not a huge fan of Ride Your Wave, but I like Lou Over the Wall quite a lot. Lou Over the Wall was really good. Uh, I liked Ride Your Wave because it's extremely up my alley, but everything else was like, Sure. <laughs> it was and there's pretty. Devil Man Crybaby, I think most notably, right? <laughs> like that's probably his biggest hit. Oh yeah, people like that one a lot. I haven't seen that because it has upsetting themes I did not care for. <laughs> oh yeah, it's upsetting. I really like Devil Man Crybaby. Uh I have a couple I was a little confused by its ending, but I think that's because it's doing it's it's doing like on purpose. Yeah. Going to guy, devil man, accurate canon devil man stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The problem with devil man for me was just like a lot of his works. It's like, I know I need to watch this. I know I, there's tons of stuff I'll get out of it. And it would be good just to know for general background, of the anime industry and like reference points that everyone else talks about. But like, I just didn't feel that into it from the first couple episodes. And I was like, this will feel like a slog. So I just haven't got around to it. Um, yeah. But uh, that's not a hot take so much as like, I feel bad by myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't really be a hot take if you're feeling guilty. You're like, oh, I don't like <laughs> yeah. the thing, but I should. Ugh, yeah. Right. Okay. Evan, can you uh, recap what the show's about? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. So Keep Your Hands Off Azoken is a story about, uh, you know, at its core, the easiest way to describe it is it's a story about teenagers making anime it's an anime about making anime um yeah so basically we, we start with we have these like three characters and we, we kind of start with the the central character asakusa who is a as as is the case with all three of them kind of represents like a part of the anime production process so she is this like super nerd kind of kind of like a military otaku and an anime <laughs> otaku so she's like obsessed with hardware and with like uh with designing worlds right with background design with with concept designs and not not exactly characters but just like creating the stuff the paraphernalia of uh fictional worlds and we meet these other two girls uh one of them is her uh basically like only friend as far as we can tell uh kanamori who is a uh (laughs) she's probably i think the fan favorite i would say (laughs) Yeah, uh, yes, she's the most meme sure. Yeah, she's the best character, hands down. Kanamori has this like grimacing face, and she's like very, um, very like deadpan. And her thing is that she is not a uh, not an artist at all. She is like she basically acts as the producer. She's just all about money and about you know making deals with people. Uh, she's just there to kind of manage. And then we meet the the third girl, Mizusaki, who is an animator. And so she is all about motion, about, uh, you know, creating characters that move and, and uh, recreating like 
realistic motions, that kind of thing. Uh, so they're not really representing like every single part of the animation process, but they're representing kind of like three major aspects of it. And the story, I mean, the, the, this we'll get into this. I mean, to, there's not exactly a huge driving plot to this. It is like they form a club, they want to make anime, they make some anime. There's a couple struggles here and there in terms of like getting the student council on board. Uh, but a lot of it is kind of just spending time with them, watching them figure this stuff out. Yeah. How much did I get there? I, I missed a couple details. <laughs> that was a perfect synopsis. <laughs> okay, now, can I save my thoughts? <laughs> Go off, Annie. Go off. Okay, so... I like that you mentioned that there's not like really a story. I'm going to, you know what, to quote the very last line, I think of the show, there's a lot of room for improvement. (laughs) This this show, while like being visually great and it was cute and uh, had like a lot of like kind of educational aspects to it about the animation production side of things, there was for me, it was like a slog to get through. It was so much work for me to pay attention (laughs) because it felt like I was in class just trying to learn of like what every aspect of things were there was not enough story or conflict for me to be invested in this like almost at all (laughs) I didn't care about anyone until like episode like six or seven (laughs) like when we got to um the family aspect for uh Mizusaki yeah when we got to that like her grandma and like her parents approving of her I was like okay I'm on board for this and then that goes away And I was like, oh, okay. I guess there's nothing left here for me to be like satisfied with other than like watching them make this show. Yeah, I feel like I I felt a weird tension early on of like characters would say lines and I'd be like, oh my God, this is great. This one line is perfect. Like it'd be great to share on social media. But like, I'm not actually like caught up in that character's story. I'm not like this character is so compelling. I'm just like, this is a great moment. This is interesting to hear this from you guys because I actually expected going into this I was like oh everyone on on social media seems to love these characters and really connect with them and I did not feel that uh I like this show for some other reasons but I yeah I I was like okay like I like the concept of these characters but I I wasn't really like oh man I love them I you know I I just didn't like connect with them really right I mean, like, mm-hmm. Kanamori's funny, but not someone, not a character who I, like, feel a, an intense fondness for or anything. Yeah. Yeah. I've been seeing a lot of people say, like, oh, this is, like, the best show ever. And I was like, where? <laughs> where, where is it the best show ever? Because I just, it did it. Okay. So someone said that it was, like, the show is essentially, like, three different arcs of them completing their three different shorts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And honestly, it did. It, I was like, that's not wrong, but each time it felt like they were trying to tell me a new story and it just like didn't get through the story in any of them. <laughs> like it just like stopped and then like reset on like how I'm supposed to care about these characters and like, oh, here's a new thing, but we're not going to explain it at all. Like hmm. we we hmm. kind of got a little background with Kanamori. Yeah, that, that was interesting seeing how she kind of, there's an episode where we learn how she kind of found her interest in like business basically, right? Yeah, but like for me, it didn't follow through on that. It just presented it i feel like each character had an episode or two of like some flashbacks to explain their core like focus but then it's like it didn't tie into some like culmination of the character arc it just kind of explained except for Mizaki. i think Mizaki did kind of tie into a culmination of a character arc. but like everyone else is just like okay that's why they're that way and it's like okay that's fine i feel yeah. like the um the way we left our impressions episode i was kind of like this could given this the base of the first episode like maybe it goes in a really interesting direction with a really interesting narrative and like develops the characters in interesting ways and i feel like instead at the end of it i came away especially in that last scene just being like that was fun it was fun to hang out with these characters and that's kind of 
the main takeaway. I didn't feel that. <laughs> I think it's kind of ironic that this is a show that on a lot of levels is the opposite of the kind of cute girls doing cute things shows, mm-hmm. right? I mean, especially like visually, this is this is a thing that I think is a, a clear positive about it that I, I like to call out when I'm telling people about it, which is like the character designs do not have that kind of like objectified, sexualized looking thing that you get in yeah. like so many female anime characters. So like they, they are basically drawn as, you know, these kind of cartoonified, obviously cartoonified like teenagers, not the weird way that like, you know, you have like high school girls with huge boobs and stuff all the time yeah. in anime, right? Like, uh, or like super short but this skirts. Is not that. Yeah, so like, like it's kind of not doing a lot of those things that you would expect of like, oh, cute girls doing cute things. But like, narratively, it is basically that, right? I mean, it is hang out with <laughs> mm-hmm. some characters who you like and watch them deal with mild struggles in high school right correct yeah and they did have like every opportunity to be gross like i was really pleasantly surprised when they went to like the bathhouse Mm -hmm. and it was just like the most pure interaction of like kids going to a bathhouse and i was like this is lit i do appreciate this thank you yeah that that is always good to see (laughs) yeah like creators uh who do not go in yeah go in the bad direction there (laughs) Mm mm-hmm I also appreciate there were a lot of aspects to their characterization that felt like because it's kind of like these three characters are the only lens we have really like there really aren't any male characters aside from like like Like. the robot club and like some side Mm -hmm. characters here and there. These three characters exhibit the full range of things that in more reductive shows would be attributed just to guys. The obvious example I comes to mind which i hate is the like recurring joke in one piece that all the guys find robots really cool and all the girls are like we don't care about robots. And now this show, like, Asakusa is, like, all in on robots, like, just, like, unbridled creativity for robots and mechanics and all that kind of stuff. And so I at least appreciate that it's, like, on on that aspect, it's, like, showing that girls can be interested in all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I That was actually probably my favorite chunk of the show was, like, the robot um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. anime part. I guess, like, the middle four episodes were, like, the best part for me because it felt like there was more conflict there. Yeah. Is that the... I'm trying to remember if that's the one where... Maybe it's not. There's there's the one uh, short, maybe it's the first short, where they're, they're, like, at risk of having the club shut down by the student council. I think that's actually the first one. Oh, that's the first one, yeah. But that was, like, the one of the few times where I felt like there was a conflict that like yes. that really drove it where it was like you need to finish this and you need to do a good job or else there will be consequences right yes every time the the student council was like threatening them i was more invested mm-hmm. like 100% like when they were trying like oh we'll shut you down cuz like azokin's causing trouble or when they were like hey we have to stop them they just shot off rockets during like the culture festival mm-hmm. <laughs> and like and they were like being chased and like running around in boxes and like that was way more fun than most of the show for me i was like oh good some conflict something it's it's a similar problem i had in uh with uh carolyn tuesday actually was oh everything's yeah. just so easy for them yep and like they pretend like they have problems but like they're not real problems and like i felt a lot of that in azoken as well that is a great comparison that i hadn't thought of i also watched carolyn tuesday uh and it's very very similar in the way that it's about a creative enterprise and i think in both cases the shows are kind of trapped by a, a kind of like damned if you do, damned if you don't problem of you want to show characters who are amateurs and are working their way up, uh, but you also want to show people like stuff that looks or sounds nice, right? Like you don't want people to be constantly like in Carol and Tuesday listening to bad music, right? Bad. <laughs> uh <laughs> So and also like you kind of want to have this arc of seeing them like reach some some a level of success that isn't just 
um like you know uh i made a thing and my friend said it was cool right mm-hmm. uh, right so what you get is these characters who are like teenagers and just skyrocket from like uh yeah i'm i tried this out for the first time to like oh wow i made you know this thing that everybody loves carol and tuesday is much worse with that because they <laughs> they literally i mean this bothered me a lot when i watched the first couple episodes like you, i could suspend disbelief that the characters in that show are good at music right like sure they practiced mm-hmm. a lot at home that that that's fine you and you can suspend disbelief a little bit like it's it's fiction we can say that they're like better than they would be in real life um but then they sit down and they instantly play together without any like you know figuring out of each Practic- other's timing and stuff uh, yeah, yeah as a musician even great musicians like can't necessarily do that like you need a little bit of like getting used to each other <laughs> Yeah, it was just, I guess, like, they were so perfect, not in, like, just Carolyn Tuesday, but in Azokin, like, their yeah, art yeah. was so good, and I was, like, a little mad. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, they had, like, what, on um, one time, they're like, countdown, 45 days to make this anime. Yeah. Like, and I was like, you're joking, and then you see it, and I'm like, you're joking, like, there's no way that, like, essentially two high school girls completed this whole thing. Well, yeah, I mean, you just, you just think about it, like, from a production standpoint, and, and I have I have a bit of, you know, like, amateur animation production experience. Uh, the Mizusaki is the only animator working on it. Yeah. <laughs> like, and they're making, like, five-minute shorts. Like, there's a level of suspension of disbelief I can do, right? But there's a point where it's, like, yeah. you're making an elaborately animated five-minute short in, like, a couple months with one animator. And I'm like, this, I don't know. This seems like a this little much. <laughs> yeah, like... I agree that like there's a level of suspension of disbelief that you need, but like I actually compared to Carol Tuesday, I found this much more egregious in this regard because it's like, and maybe it's because I don't know too much about music production, but like it feels like more natural. Like okay, you could f- discover stars in the mm-hmm, world, mm-hmm. but like with animation, like there's all these techniques that you need to learn that aren't just like oh you're really good at drawing now you can make an anime. Like the one of my favorite mm-hmm. moments in the series is uh, I think it's episode four when they're in one of their fantasy sequences. And they're like basically not on track to have the the um first anime production they need by the whatever date for the uh what's the student council budget screening thing. And so they're trying to come up with ways to get on track for it. And so like while they're in the world of the animation, they're like uh Asakusa spitting out ways to save budget basically and like make things get similar effect with less work. Mm-hmm. And that was really cool and educational. I agree. Yeah. But made mm-hmm. no sense for her character to know all those things. Like she was yeah. basically supposed to be like a fan of anime, but like with the expertise of a veteran animator. And it's like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. So like, yeah. it's weird to see them struggle. Like they tell us this is a really hard thing to do. And then they're just like amazing at it. And it's like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I talked about this on the Gamers podcast and it's, it's worth calling out here. Cause I think this is a thing that I'm surprised I haven't seen a lot of people bring up about this show. And, and this is like, to me is kind of the key that unlocks why this feels so off is that they're not exactly running, they're not running a high school animation club. They're running an anime studio that is mapped into a high school. Like everything that they're doing is designed to represent the way it works in the industry as opposed to the way it would work if high schoolers did it. I thought of that especially with Kanemori because I feel like in a high school club, a lot of things she does don't make any sense, but it does make sense when they're just an analog for the industry. That's that's really what it is. I mean, and that kind of threw me off because what I wanted was amateur high schoolers figure out how to make anime you know from first principles which sounds very cool to me right like you know that they're figuring it out they're making mistakes they're learning uh but yeah it is basically they are just stand-ins for 
like a real anime studio, which is why yeah. they magically know all of the things that you would know if you were working at an anime studio. Yeah, and they create like insane art in like five seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also, yeah. I was so bothered. They're like, oh yeah, we have to go to like the the computer room every time they need to animate something and i was like okay that's not open 24 7 and they're like addressing that one night they pulled an all-nighter and i was like no 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 you would have had to do this multiple times in order to finish this yeah i say as someone who has uh done an all-nighter to turn in an animation project uh you're not getting the whole thing done in that night <laughs> you're getting like a couple yeah. seconds done maybe I was yeah like, this feels super impossible i mean good for them but i don't believe it uh you know speaking of this there's a show that we have not spoken the name of yet uh that is the mm. most obvious comparison here uh, have oh. you guys seen shirabako uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> so i like so, shirabako and he does not like shirabako i hate shirabako it just felt like too much like look how fun it is to be in the anime mm. industry and i was like it's not like- shirabako is definitely pro industry yeah animation propaganda but yeah, so I that is uh, basically I, I'm I have like mixed feelings on Shirobako. I like the kind of educational aspect of it. I don't like exactly what you said, the cheerleading for the anime industry. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I do like Azoken a little bit more because despite the fact that the characters are analogs for the anime industry, I think the focus is more on the creative process yeah yeah. so like i said this on on my podcast that shirabako is about how fun it is to work in the anime industry and azoken is how fun it is to make animation and those are very different things like yeah (laughs) it's very it's it's obvious when you look at like who the focus is in shirabako right it's not on the animators it's on the like production assistant who's running the frames Mm -hmm. around and is is there to kind of manage the artists and the appeal there is like wouldn't it be cool if you were the gopher who runs things around at the anime studio right <laughs> yeah or the like the brand new voice actor trying to make her way mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's like i think i liked azoken a lot more than shirabako because it also utilized the medium better uh, right i felt like all yeah, of yeah. the cute moments where they like launch into their imagination and like all the sounds are like uh like their voices they're like making Mm -hmm. all the sounds and it's like really cute we haven't even yeah we didn't even talk about those sequences yet these like imagination sequences they're incredible and they're beautiful and they're like so much fun like to imagine like i'm trying to think of what it is like like the essence of imagination when you're a kid that i feel like Mm -hmm. i've maybe lost but they they summed it up pretty well like with it was was good to like reflect back on that and be like oh yeah that's what my my mind used to work like yes i used to have fun Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but it it was really cute you sort of see them come up with ideas live which is a Mm -hmm. great aspect of it I, i kind of wish like there was even more of that in the show because that's, sure. that's great when they're like solving problems and you're watching the animation shift in front of you as they come up with new ideas. Yeah. Uh, and like the way they draw other people into their world of like mm-hmm. explaining what they're doing was also, it was just like a really good use. I thought of like, okay, this is an anime about anime. Let's use what we're doing to like you, make, make our point about how magical this is for these girls who are making anime. <laughs> Yeah, the closest thing Shirobako had was like those dream sequences where they just were info dumps for viewers. So that's, yeah, not great. There's another show that I'd like to reference, actually, uh, that was my that was my point of reference when I saw Shirobako is a show called Animation Runner Kuromi two episode OVA from Mm. early 2000s, I think, uh, which I think is kind of like a a better version of Shirobako. And I I think I like it better than Azoken too. because what it does is it has pretty big conflicts, like we're about to be late delivering this show, 
and it has like a little bit of a more cynical look at the industry, right? Like, uh, this this will burn you out. This will this is really ridiculously hard work, and you know the managers don't always want the best for you. <laughs> Um, and it's also just really funny. And that's the thing that I think neither Shirabako nor Azoken like totally got like, like Azoken is kind of funny, but it's not a, it's not like, oh, it doesn't feel like a full on comedy where I'm like laughing the whole time. Correct. I also, I had a couple chuckles, but nothing too much. Yeah. Like, like, whereas, whereas, um, like animation runner Kuromi is full of like visual gags and stuff, right? It's a full on comedy. You're like laughing for the whole show. Hmm. I should check that out at some point. Yeah. <laughs> is there any way to check it out? Uh, well, you can borrow my DVDs once the lockdown is over. <laughs> <laughs> I think the DVDs are still available. You can probably find them on right stuff. Okay. Lit. The, uh, the last or one of the last things I wanted to bring up as a comparison was, um, if we're talking about shows or series where characters basically like, should start off knowing nothing but build their way to the top i thought this show contrasted well against bakuman which is a series mm. a manga and anime about creating manga for shonen jump specifically mm -hmm. um and i've only read the manga i haven't watched the anime but that show or that series i feel like more realistically shows them struggling from the bottom of the top like they don't their first series is not amazing out the off the bat like it doesn't do well and they have to like spend years and years developing their skills but those characters come off so arrogant and i thought one thing that was refreshing about this series is that like even though they are expert animators off the bat they never feel arrogant they never feel like they know what good animation is and everything else sucks which is a lot of Bakuman. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like they're just wide-eyed. They just love it, which is great. Like yeah, that energy yeah. is is great in this show. It was a cute pure time. I love the scenes where they are just talking about how much they love it, even when there's not like conflict. Like I, I my interest is is like per personally as an artist is on the animation side. Um, so I really liked there's there's a scene where Mizusaki is explaining what appeals to her about animation to the other characters, and that. That like worked pretty well for me just because it like connected with how I feel about animation where she's talking about like how fun it is to create emotion and then see it move, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, kind of one of the reasons I wanted to have you on as a guest is because of your experience learning animation recently and stuff. So like I thought you'd have a particularly interesting take on the series. But it sounds like you're mixed about the way it represented that stuff. Well, no, I think it represented that stuff pretty well. I, I wish it was more like amateur, right? But yeah, but I mean, I loved the the amount of kind of like like you said, Annie, like the educational content in it. Mm. I, I think that's great. Like the way it, it teaches the production process. It has a great episode early on. I think it might be episode three or something where they find a multiplane camera and they like they find all this all these old materials for making animation and they're like nerding out about it they're like oh this oh we can use this to do this thing right that stuff is is great actually like uh, i just i love anything that kind of delves into the not like this is a like a shirabako distinction not like anime is great but the paraphernalia of making animation is cool and interesting on its own right just like oh a pegboard yeah. like you know having or having like yeah uh like the animation paper, just like the stuff, the physical paraphernalia of making animation is actually like cool on its own. <laughs> yeah, like them talking about the backgrounds versus like the cells, like to the art club. And they were trying to explain all the differences. Like, oh, here's the animation pegs. And like, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is like, if this was like a class, like a weekly class I was coming back to, this would be very helpful bringing that back to remind me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I think about like... um Something that I am a big fan of is a, a book by uh, the late Richard Williams called The Animator's Survival Kit. I literally have it within arm's reach of my laptop right here. <laughs> it's a great like book that animators have been using for years. Um, Richard Williams is the animation director of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, most notably. Wow. Um, and it's like a you know guidebook for how to animate like walk cycles and things. 
But when I first read it in college, I remember, you know, the walk cycles and all of that is great. But like part of what made it such a great read is that it's not just here is how to draw the stuff, but it's him telling stories about how he learned this from, you know, this animator at Warner Brothers. And here's a story about, you know, like some anecdote about that guy, or he's just talking about like the debates between putting the pegs on the top or the bottom, right? Like there's a culture to it. And there's like a there's stuff beyond just the drawing. And that kind of appeals to me. And Azoken has a bit of that, that like love of the world of animating not just like the act of animating mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but also not the industry it's not about it's like yeah. kanamori is the yeah. business person but but her interest in business is like very it's it's very practical it's like how do we pay for this uh, but it's not like about getting a job doing it right yeah she was my favorite by far just because <laughs> she was the only one who had any damn sense it, they were like well, like mizusaki was like i'm gonna draw this all by hand <laughs> Yeah. And we have a week. And then Kanamori's like, you're out of your damn mind. Like, <laughs> you have to make some shortcuts. And I was like, thank you. Or like, um, Asakusa was like not getting an idea together for like the last half of the show. And mm-hmm. she was like, "You well, you're the director and everyone's depending on you. So get it together. And I was like, thank you. It's like she spoke kind of for the audience, but mm-hmm. like also just for like common sense. <laughs> I the, the one aspect of her that I find frustrating is the insistence, especially in the third arc, where it becomes a like the major conflict they have for that arc is the um the idea that the the school not even the student council anymore, like the, the school administration is okay with Azokan existing, but not profiting financially off of their work. And I just found that incredibly reasonable for a school club. Mm-hmm. And then her insistence that like, no, it's a business. We need to make money. I was like, uh, but like, no, you I'm never really, side. but like, <laughs> get your coin girl. <laughs> what she's saying makes a ton of sense if they're running as a business, but like they are acting like the reward is the you know like what they're learning and i just feel like it would it would be totally plausible for people in that position to be building a name for themselves which they could then pivot into making money but like the idea that they i feel like they just need like a little bit of another reason involved to be like need to make money for you know going to college to send a sibling to college like some other reason because otherwise it was just kind of like because this needs to make money and it makes sense when it's an analog for the industry hey she likes money i think again it's not literally about right high school students trying to make money (laughs) it's all this like big kind of weird half-hearted metaphor where it's like oh it's about artists you know uh struggling to make money from their work to like monetize and be able to pay the bills right but it's like because it's this metaphor that's mapped onto high school it's like wait a sec but they're not struggling to pay the bills they're high schoolers yeah. <laughs> right right yeah yeah it's like i understand it but it's like oh, whatever i think about it, it's just got but like those scenes were fun with her arguing with the administration and stuff so it's like i guess if the point is to be fun about it sure it did that i guess it was well also as a fan of making money i was <laughs> completely on her side and also is they're like oh the point of this of your club isn't to make money it's to like build your friendships and like be an extracurricular and i was like well making money does force you to work as a team so just let her do what she wants to do (laughs) i saw no reason for their their shutting them down well it's kind of weird that they like couldn't they i don't know this is like the practical version of this having you know worked uh having done like revenue generating things in college clubs before um i mean they uh, couldn't they just like make money and then put it back into the school like like it's the, it's all yeah. the school's yeah. money right <laughs> yeah or just like back into the club right 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 yeah reinvested in the club right buy more materials for the club etc like i don't know why the a school would have an issue with that anyway yeah <laughs> 
It just yeah, because yeah, also someone who did like fundraising for school clubs, like we made a bunch of money mm-hmm. that we couldn't spend, and we just passed it on to our like to the people who are gonna be in charge next year. Yeah, exactly. It's like here, take this, use it for prom. Or <laughs> I guess this this kind of brings me to one of my other things I want to talk about, which is the general this general school setting. Mm. Oh, you hated that the first time, right? I feel like this is more present on my mind initially, and I feel like as by the end of the series, it kind of weighed on me less, which is that like. I really didn't like early on how how it's like Asakusa, like a lot of her inspiration was about how weird and wacky the school was. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh man, the school, it's like an anime. And I'm like, yeah, because it's fiction, you're inside fiction. So it's like an anime because it is an anime. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just, I thought it made, it would have made her creativity more interesting if she saw something mundane and then made it interesting in her own mind. But instead she was like, this thing that is objectively interesting is interesting, isn't it? I'm the only one who notices and I'm like, okay. But I feel like once it expanded beyond the school to like the town itself, that felt a lot more plausible to me that there was this town that like had half developed like a monorail that didn't wasn't finished and like that shut down certain things and there's like roads that are just flooded. So it looks like a stream, but it's actually a road. Like those kind of things felt more believable to me as like weird aspects of the world that no one questioned that they get to explore. So I don't know. I think early on I was just confused by the sense of like, is this a magic world or is it a normal world? Yeah, I don't have like strong feelings on it, but but in retrospect, having seen the whole show, it feels like it it's just kind of there. Like, I'm not sure what the point is, like how this would have been a different story if it were just in a regular town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was always uh, a little thrown off when their their imaginary worlds got too mixed with the real world. Like in the ending, I was like, okay, what's going on? Or like during the uh, the showing of the, the robot short. Oh, I was, was like, going to say the first short, but yeah, go on. Oh, that one too. But like the robot one, uh, isn't that the one where they have the... The, oh no, that was the first short where they have the um like the tank firing at, yeah. and like it's like firing at the crowd and everyone's like scattering and I was like wait okay how much of this is real and how much of this is fake I'm very I confused mean, here th- there's a bit of like th- I mentioned Satoshi Kon at the beginning this that those scenes kind of remind me as do the imagination scenes of Millennium Actress it has a similar playfulness with reality and fantasy which I, I think is fine I'm a big fan of Millennium Actress so I can I can deal with a little bit of like unexplained mixing you know like surrealism mm-hmm. of like uh, reality and fantasy have blended together and we're not going to tell you which one's which that's just up for you up to you to figure out i yeah. i feel like i like that that stuff in theory and it's been a while since i've seen millennium actress but um i feel like it in certain places it was deployed here it was it was fine like in the ending of the series where people you just kind of see and visual representation visual representation of people's imagination and creativity being sparked that felt like okay but that first screening where it's like there were a couple different layers to it like the fact that the the short they made was black and white but it kind of like 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 evan was saying earlier like they want us to see something that's exciting and like actually good i mean so like the short was like they basically like the audience like blinked and then it was in color because they wanted Mm. to show the thing in color to the audience even though in in the fiction it's black and white now it's kind of like and the point of them like scattering from the tank was that it was so amazing that it like made like they were so caught up in the world but i just thought it was like cheesy and over the top like i actually watched that episode um when i was visiting japan and i was watching it with a friend who had no interest in the show and he saw that bit and i was like it left a really bad impression because it was like this show is like extremely over the top and cheesy and like cartoonish and i don't know it just left a weird impression i think i actually do agree with that despite saying that i like it i mean i like I like the surrealist aspect of it. What I found kind of cheesy, which I agree with you on, is 
uh, I guess uh, this is not going to sit well with the the social media people who love this show, but it's just sometimes it's just a little too positive, right? It's just like, gosh, everyone loves your show. They all believe that the tank is in the room with them, right? It's like it's just a little too, uh, I don't know, too easy with the praise, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mizusaki has like a line um, when they're at Comet Comet A or whatever, Mm -hmm. and uh, not Comet at all. The not Comet. They were. She said something like, "Oh, I'm hungry for some like honest criticism or some like." Yeah, like no one has said anything. No one's criticized anything. You haven't heard any negative opinions of your show at all. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and like the only ones criticizing it are like themselves, which is like kind of endearing in a way mm-hmm. i was like oh this is kind of sweet but also right, I, like, like, I like that angle to it that like they are the harshest critics that feels realistic and fair mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah like that was i i did like that but i also was like somebody somewhere has to be like this isn't good like even if it's not true right like there are there's yeah. always going to be people who say that <laughs> even if it there's is always going to be yeah. like a hater like the student council who was like against them was even like wow so good i was like no right, right, right. where's the conflict yeah. Annie needs to do this in this world. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there, was, there was also something I just remembered when you talked about the um when you talked about like the screenings that I think is a great touch, you know, thinking as as an animator, which is that we see us, you know, some of these scenes over and over. We see like, you know, a particular run sequence that Mizusaki animates and and in some cases they have like conflicts and subplots attached to them right where they need to figure out how to solve the problem mm-hmm. and there's like a a great way that that the you know the the scenes of the screenings are paced to kind of like set up these protracted shots that focus on like the the shots in the shorts that we saw them agonizing over and like that actually feels like a great payoff when you're like cuz that that is what it feels like when you're when you worked on something, especially just thinking about working on film or animation, where you worked on it and you poured over it and you were like, you know, oh, this shot was really hard. And then you put it on in front of people and you're watching it and you're like, oh, that's that shot. That's that shot I spent hours working on. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So I think it, it kind of recreates that where you as the audience are like, I remember that shot. She had a whole big problem with that shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, that part was really cool. I love that. And I liked, um, yeah, like when her parents were watching, uh, Mizusaki's parents were watching mm. it and they noticed like the little touches. They were talking over the, the whole thing. Okay, that's that's what parents do, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, but like when they were commenting on like her chopstick usage, yep, yep. which was funny, and like the way things were like walking, and I was like, oh, this is so great to watch like her arc of like her practicing with her grandma, like mm-hmm, coming mm-hmm. to life in this um in this little short that she made. But then again, it did remind me, oh wait, she's the one who did all of this. There's no way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was right back in the wait a second. And I think the, like the, basically the beginning of that character arc was really great. Like seeing, like I, when, so we haven't really talked about how like her character, Misaki's character is that she is traditionally an actor and a model, Mm -hmm. but who is more Mm -hmm. interested in animating. And that I think is supposed to be pretty bizarre and like, huh, what's the connection between those two things? And I thought the, the flashbacks with her grandmother did a really great job of selling that connection that like she sees her grandmother. She does a thing that I never heard of or seen before where she basically like flicks her tea in such a way that it like makes the tea fly really far. And she Mm -hmm. just, um, Misaki just watching her grandmother can't replicate it. And she basically like in trying to replicate it finds a way of applying her acting skills but like modeling the human motion 
in a way that makes her much more interested in drawing the actual human emotion than in acting. Not just that, but also I think it's a it does a good job of showing a, a pretty realistic trajectory where her parents are yeah. actors, I think, right? So like yeah. she comes from a family where acting is what you do. And uh, oh man, I should remember who said this. Like a famous American animator said, uh, "Animator, an animator is an actor with a pencil. So like hmm. it's kind of this thing where she is an actor, right? She's just not the kind of actor that her parents wanted her to be. And that... That is a great kind of like arc for that, you know, that, that connects to that like fundamental concept of what it is to be an animator. Yeah, it was yeah. really it was it was great to watch her parents like be like, oh, like this was some great acting that you did and like have her like finally not have to hide it anymore. I was like, <laughs> oh, finally, like I feel emotion in this show. <laughs> I, the conclusion of my point was kind of that her um, her trajectory made a lot of sense. But like the actual conflict therein of with her parents was like in the end, it was like her parents yeah. didn't approve of a thing. Then they saw the thing, then they approved of it. And then there was like, oh, so there right. really was no conflict. Everything's, everything's <laughs> too easy. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's it's yeah. a nice, it's not a great conflict, but it's a nice kind of explanation, you know? It, it, yeah. You get to know the character in a way that's appealing, but you, you don't really see her like struggle to overcome much other than I guess her own trepidation about it. Yeah. yeah. Or her own, um, or I guess her bodyguard's impression of what right. her parents wanted. Because <laughs> like this, yeah, this is a thing that I, uh, I tend to not like in stories in general when characters are um when the the only thing between a character and their goal is that they just don't believe in themselves enough and like it turns out that everyone around them supports them and i i understand that i guess in some cases that can be cathartic for people because that can be a real thing that people deal with but it sometimes just feels too easy it's like oh all you need to do is wake up and realize that everything's perfect (laughs) right (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's definitely what it felt like yeah Um, or like, oh, you can do anything if you just like put in some mm-hmm. effort, just like bare minimum, and suddenly you're excellent at animating or a perfect singer. <laughs> I'm tired. I just want some good conflict. To be clear, I actually don't think them being good animators is that bad. Uh, it's it's mostly kind of like with Carol and Tuesday. My issue is just the the practicality of like even a great animator can't necessarily do all of this stuff like that fast right yeah Yeah. or doesn't necessarily know all of the the technical details of it but like yeah i i could believe that mizusaki has practiced drawing a lot and you know studied a lot of animation and she's very very good for a high schooler right or even very good Mm -hmm. maybe she's at a professional level that sometimes can happen right like yeah but like so quickly and so Mm -hmm. and like so detailed i was just again pulled out of it but It was still really cute. I don't want to sit th- people to think that I think that it was garbage because it wasn't a garbage show. It was cute. I just didn't believe it for a second. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of want to emphasize that, like, I feel like maybe we're, I don't think it's so much that we're like, oh, we didn't, you know, like, we couldn't suspend disbelief and, like, we just, we're so focused on what's realistic and what's possible. I think it's kind of that, like, in making, it, it's a wish fulfillment fantasy that it's this Mm-mm-mm. possible it's this easy to make anime kind of and i feel like in a sense that kind of diminishes the achievement of actual animation of like the oh show my itself. god They're like oh my god it's so hard it's so yeah. incredibly hard <laughs> <laughs> like i feel like they in the time frame they're talking about like if they had put together like a five second clip that would have been amazing and instead it's yes. like oh here's this three minute short and it's like okay yeah. and they're so detailed and i was like this is like a year's worth of work for at like the with the resources you have like this would not be feasible in like a few weeks and like I, it did yeah. like because yeah i've <laughs> i used to do like um animation classes also wasn't very good at it so i quit but <laughs> like it took me a full month to do a 30 second yep. like clip 
and it wasn't detailed i I just had a i just like yeah took an animation class so i i took animation uh, 3d animation years ago uh in college and now I'm, i'm taking some classes again now to kind of do some 2d which i didn't have as much experience with and uh yeah i mean doing like i had like a final project that was a two minute short and i was working on that like all told for i don't know like maybe two months including like concept and storyboard and everything uh and doing you know weeks of of just like non-stop working on it after work and stuff uh and what i got done was i didn't even really finish it like it was it was like you know <laughs> blocked out and and you know the de- the animation wasn't that detailed so and i'm not like as good as misasaki is supposed to be right so but even if you up the skill level and and you know change the variables there it's still really hard i mean it's you really don't know how hard animation is until you've done it like uh, nobody does like people think that they know that it's hard but you can put in hours and hours of work and have like two seconds of animation yeah part of me does enjoy how they didn't take like the cynical route like other Mm -hmm. like they could have definitely been like oh animation's like so so hard like kind of how like i mean a more realistic route part of me is glad they went with like a more like a fantasy world version of anime of how quickly you can animate things uh because it like did make for like a cuter story but and like like the whole thing was like it's kind of a wholesome show Mm -hmm. and i feel like adding the hardship of making any shorts in like amount of time while you're going to school would be like really detrimental to it but again i don't know i I liked it but i also did it <laughs> right yeah no i'm i'm i have a similar feeling one, one thing i wanted to just ask before we wrap up maybe as a quick uh mm-hmm. question here is did you guys feel like you learned a lot from it in terms of like the educational aspect i don't know how much you already knew annie but yeah um i want to say yes or no yes <laughs> so you want to you want to answer i do want to answer <laughs> uh, <laughs> i learned more about like again when they found the um the machine in like episode two. Oh, the multiplane camera yes the multiplane yeah, camera i love that, that. was really cool Great. and like that was really interesting and i was like oh i didn't know anything about this they, like, they the have only... one of those at the um walt disney family museum right let's go pack <laughs> it up kids field yeah, trip it was, it was uh yeah the the multiplane camera is like a, a hugely influential like piece of technology that changed how animation was made everywhere yeah yeah like it was so like seeing those things and like the actual uh like physical things they were using to animate was really cool and like i hadn't really seen that because most of the stuff like most of like the classes that you can take are all like digital Mm -hmm. and they don't use for the most part they don't use like hand drawings because i was doing like mostly vector Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. images and stuff like that and so it was really cool to see like the actual physical elements of it in the show but i wouldn't say that I know exactly what to do now after watching Izuken. Yeah. No, it doesn't work as a tutorial. <laughs> yeah. But it was yeah. cool. Yeah. I feel kind of similar that like, I feel like there were a lot of moments that made me think, oh, that's a cool detail. That's a cool thing that I learned just now. But like when I look back on it at the end of it, I'm like, those were pretty far in between and mm-hmm. they were fairly shallow. You know, it's like, oh, I learned about how they use Flash, but like I learned like 2D does <laughs> how they use Flash. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I feel like it didn't, go in depth into any of those details and enough for me to like really remember them in a solid way it was just kind of like like when i look back and it just feels kind of thin yeah i feel like i i don't remember it doing anything like uh like what would have maybe been interesting as like a detail mm-hmm. more, more detailed thing to teach would have been like actually showing and like breaking down mizusaki doing like a walk cycle right where she's right, like describing right. oh and then the character falls and they catch themselves with their foot right like that might have been a little too like didactic but 
that could have been visually very interesting, like watching her diagram it out, you know, in this imagination world. Yeah. Right. Or even like when they showed the flash, um, the like the tweening that they did, the automatic tweening they did, mm-hmm. like they showed the result of it. But I would, it would have been nice to like, because they were trying to prove to Mizusaki that it was usable. Like if they had showed basically like what she would have done versus mm. the, the flash tweening and then been like, see, you, you can barely tell the difference or like done some kind of thing that like, I feel like that is, there's so much like misinformation about animation and the way people talk about it. Like oh, I can tell that it's done this way. And it's like, can you? I don't oh, think you can. That, that, that actually <laughs> happened with this show. I don't know if that's what you're referencing. There was a, no, no. there was a thing where people were complaining. Uh, it was like some, you know, Sakuga people or whatever were like, see, this is the problem with digital animation. You know, this animator, his work looks so much better when he's like hand drawing, but here he's using flash on, uh, on Azoken. And then, uh, Young Choi, the mm-hmm. I forget what she is on this show, but she's like I think she's just a producer. Yeah, okay, but she's uh, something, something up at I can't remember if she might actually be the president of Science Saru, but she's she's like effectively like the co-founder of Science Saru with uh, with Yuasa. In universe, she's one of the voice actors that's oh, I didn't know that. on audition tape. <laughs> yeah, if you look at the list of names, it's like all the staff of Science Saru. Oh wow. Um but yeah, so she like tweeted at this person was like, actually, this person, oh. this animator hand drew this. It's not uh, animated in flash. <laughs> it's like someone thought they Get knew. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, the flash thing, though, it, that it, and it's funny that it's mentioned in the story because Science Saru is notable for being a studio that uses uh, that uses flash pretty heavily and not really flash. I mean, we say flash, everyone says flash. It's it's Adobe Animate is actually the name of the application oh, yeah. these days. It got, it got renamed, but everyone still calls it flash. <laughs> and also, I guess I feel like I always have to clarify this cuz people get confused if, you know, they don't really know about about these applications. It's it, it's technically the same application that, you know, produces like flash things on the web that you may have seen, but uh when people talk about animating with flash, they're talking about a very different like production process it's not it's not like yeah. making a flash game on new yeah. or something <laughs> mm-hmm. right. you're still just drawing basically like you would in any other uh animation application right they're not like making characters out of circles and squares and then i mean in some cases they might but most of the time they're they're drawing it with a tablet yeah oh oh you know we did not mention the op oh yeah oh it's lit <laughs> I love the opening. I, it grew on me over time. At first, I was like, this is cute, but I don't know if I like this style of music that much. Uh, and then I, I think over time, I started to get really into specifically the, uh, the, the what is it? It's like where the, the like, like the part that's more melodic yeah, that's that comes good. in. That part yeah. is like, like, when that drops, I'm like, yeah, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part about it is the clap at the very end. Mm, yeah, All that's right. good. When they actually have the, like the little little cartoon hands clapping. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my favorite part is you want to guess do you want to guess which little drawing in the uh in the op is my favorite part if you know me you know what it is it's uh, i have no idea is there's, there a a ha- there's a hamburger in there oh, <laughs> just like is there a burger uh, i just love their cute little poses that that got memed mm-hmm. those were great uh there some of them or one of them is like based on the drake meme yeah oh yeah i saw that yeah well there's a there's a really cool video that i'll link in the show notes that's like a behind the scenes video produced by crunch it's just like about the production process so good. that was really cool to watch um, all right yeah so i guess final thoughts did i love it or did i leave it i think so kind of the goal with our framing of loving it or weaving it is would we recommend everyone go out and watch it right away versus like is this just for the, the weebs out there and i'd say this is a show that i would tell everyone to go check out a little bit especially and if they have any interest in animation that they would definitely appreciate on some level but that it's not like if you are turned off by it you're gonna love it by the end 
because I think mm. there are enough reservations, but I think it's worth everyone trying at least. Um, it's, it's a fun time. Like that, that's really my conclusion is that like it was a fun time. You learn a little bit, you see a little bit behind the scenes and it has some fun characters, but it's kind of like if you enjoy hanging out with them, you'll have a fun time. And if you don't, you don't need to stick through it to the end. All right, that's fair. Yeah, I would say actually this this might be the kind of show that I would recommend to non-anime fans. That's not really an option, I guess, with your mm. love it or weave it. Because <laughs> I, I think it's like the inverse where maybe, you know, people who are used to watching, you know, like action anime and things, just like things that are maybe a little more typical of anime or even things that are like cute girls doing cute things. I feel like this might not mm. appeal to them unless they're animation nerds or artists or whatever. But I think that this probably does have appeal for people who are artists but don't watch a lot of anime, right? And can connect mm-hmm. with these characters. Mm-hmm. That's a good yeah. point. I hadn't thought about that demographic of artists. People who just don't yeah. do it. But I think someone who is like has no interest in art or anime would probably not find much. Right, right, right. I agree. <laughs> I've gone. So at the end of a preview, I was like, I think it would be only good for people who are animation fans. And now I'm going to go even harder into not loving it and say, like, I don't even know if it's good for people who are animation fans. And I would recommend it to probably no one. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm going full onto like, I just, it was so, it was like, I, I don't like shows where I have to get through half of it to start enjoying it. And that's mm-hmm. how I felt with this one. Like I had to get a good five, six episodes in before I started having a good time. And I don't like recommending those kinds of shows to people because if they only watch the first two, they're just like, wow, she's bad at recommending things. Yeah. <laughs> So like I wouldn't I don't think I'd recommend this to probably anybody. I'm with you. I I always say uh I I don't have time for things where it takes me like more than more than an episode to get like yeah. hooked or even more than I mean you basically you need to hook me in the first 5 minutes with something, right? Obviously mm-hmm. not the full hook. But like if you're not doing that, there's other shows that will do that that I can spend my time watching. <laughs> Like, I haven't watched every show on the planet. Why am I wasting my time? Exactly. Like, if there's nothing else to watch, like, kind of like this season, this season of anime kind of felt like that. Like, there was not a lot yeah. good right. out. I, 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 I'm happy that we picked it to do a full review on because of the kind of barrenness of the season. But Sorry to the season. In a normal season. <laughs> and yeah. Like, this is not, I would not waste my time on, sorry, it's okay. Wow. Oh, I would not spend my time watching this show when there's other things I could be watching. Sorry to everyone who wow. likes this show. But like I could see this show having been much more of a like it felt like the critical darling of Twitter like everyone was recommending it everyone was saying it's totally like the the most important not the most important show the most interesting show to watch and I feel like that would have been contentious in a season with more packed premieres yeah. like I think, I think they were the things, just bored yeah. <laughs> they didn't have anything else to watch yeah we were all just waiting for B stars well yeah I think the stuff like there was weird exception of like the stuff people were excited for was like B stars or it was sequels like My Hero Academia or Haikyuu where it's like you're in and you're in and out you know you're not gonna get people new into it at that point mm-hmm. yeah like yeah I just feel like there's nothing else to watch so everyone was trying to find the one silver light in this season but it was somali in the forest spirit shut up jeff it <laughs> <laughs> shows so the boring it's so boring this was not as i would much rather watch this over somali but still good lord so um yeah i guess that that means that our our average rating is wee bit it's been average, it's the majority we've only loved one show <laughs> yeah well no, i mean for this one we have, we're voting to wee bit oh, okay. since my, mine is like, so overall we don't love things <laughs> Yeah, this is my kind of podcast. <laughs> Just hating everything. That's that's kind of my MO when it comes to anime. Sorry, anime. <laughs> Sorry to all of anime. Sorry to all of anime. It's really hard for me to like you. <laughs> But, all right. So sorry to Azokin for weaving it. Evan, do you have any other thoughts before we wrap up Azokin? Uh, I think I, I think I probably expressed a lot of my thoughts at this point. It's it's a mixed show. It's it's just 
it's pretty rare that I find something that like really compels me to watch each episode and to watch through each episode where I'm not like checking the timestamp as I'm going. Uh, and and this uh, this did not like uh, uh, fix that. You know what I mean? Like, but that doesn't mean it's bad. I just it's it was didn't rise to the level of of I don't know like a kill a kill where I'm like oh my god I need to be glued to the screen right now. Uh, but it was mm-hmm. it was pleasant. I like just sort of being exposed to people talking about animation, you know? So like, yeah. I, I actually just like that um, aspect of it. And, um, I th- you know, I, we didn't even really talk about the animation in it, but there's there's points in it that, that have some great, you know, especially in the imagination sequences, have some really, really beautiful animation from the folks at Science Saru. Um, yeah, so enjoyable, but, but didn't really keep me, like, glued to the screen. Yeah, I think, yeah. like, my initial read on it was that, like, the setting and everything was great, but, like, the story, mm-hmm. you know, not, not isn't necessarily going to hit it out of the park just because of the interesting setting and premise, and yeah. <laughs> okay, wait, can I ask one question before we finish? No, no questions. Too bad. Answers what, only. What was up with that final short? I didn't understand it or why that would promote <laughs> the town at all. <laughs> Like, other than, like, it's vaguely set in the town, but they're blowing it up. Like, I don't, like, what is that supposed to promote the town and promote tourism? Because it, I just don't I think it's a tribute to the town because it takes place there. I think that's kind of the idea. Uh, I didn't get it. I, I, I feel like that, that last short was, like, I, I really thought, uh, if we're going to talk about the shorts a little bit, like, the, the second one was really the, the peak because the third one was just overly convoluted. Like, it, it, I mm-hmm. see that there were a lot of ideas they were going for, and it's, like, it was an interesting premise, especially that it was, like, supposed to initially be about coexistence and then was, like, oh, that's too cheesy. That's, like make it more realistic and but it just felt had too many things crammed into it and there are points where they're like they were just trying to express what was going on through visuals they were kind of confusing like i guess showing the two different like flashback perspectives or like there was a moment where there were like arrows on screen and i was like what is even happening i don't even know yes. and they've explained it i thought it was the weakest of the three shorts for sure and i was like i thought this was supposed to be like the finale <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh and it also it felt kind of like anticlimactic that the um that it wasn't like a screening. It was like them boosting at a convention and then going mm-hmm. on and watching it. Right. And people watching it at home. Right. But like, I guess that was supposed to be the point. And it's like, it did feel like, it felt like a good note to end on if the goal was to be like, they had fun hanging out and it was a fun time. Right. Not that they're superstars now. Yeah. Right. Like, it's not like a standing ovation. Yeah. They didn't win um, Mars greatest or whatever <laughs> <laughs> mars brightest oh god mars brightest that's oh the one. no they, they didn't uh sing a song to stop all war what yes <laughs> <laughs> all right, I, well. I did love how asakusa fell asleep while they were watching it that was yeah cute. Yes. i was like all right <laughs> i like that low-key ending it's just it's them hanging out yeah. watching it you know and she's like all right guys let's do more i think I, yeah i think i tweeted about it that i liked i liked how the show ended and gave you this feeling of like you know the, the of like rest and a job well done right that that which is the mm-hmm. way you feel when you finish like putting yeah. in a ton of work animating something and you're like oh there it is i can just watch it now i don't have to like <laughs> fix it anymore right like i don't i don't have experience animating but i get that experience like even doing something like podcasting like i spend yeah, hours yeah. editing and any, it's like it's i think any there. creative thing is similar right yeah you put yeah. that work in and then you can just be like ah oh, my my work is out there now and and I, now i'm just part of the audience right now i'm free mm-hmm <laughs> I am interested to know like how much of the story was directly pulled from the manga because some of some right. like we we're talking about the flash animation was like it felt oddly fitting for for the studio and director. Yeah, I hadn't I hadn't thought about that right. 
because it's because yeah i mean the whole thing is based on a manga we're about to find out i guess because dark horse just recently announced a license for it yeah yay shout out to dark horse mm-hmm. but even stuff like the the school like student council felt very similar to i guess i haven't actually seen it but what i've heard tommy galaxy and like the kind of like wacky antics of a night is short walk on girl kind of yeah yeah oh can i throw in one more thing i was actually really happy that the show had black characters oh yeah yeah, yeah. and this is not a sports anime and they're not like some random exchange student like this was (laughs) no it it actually has a whole thing and not just black characters right but like just the whole school is very like multiracial and it it it's kind of cool yeah. that it is just never explained. It's not like... Yes, it's yeah, just yeah. like, that's the world. Yeah. And I was like, thank God. <laughs> Finally. No one is ever Ooh. called out as like being a foreigner. They're just other characters yeah. in the school. Yeah, like yeah. the only like, kind of thing was uh, Domeki, the sound girl. Like They're just like, oh, how do you spell your name? Mm. And then... Or like, how do you write that? And she's like, oh, was, was it like Thousand Eyed Demon or something? And then they're like, that's sick. Oh, and yeah. she's like, yeah. <laughs> but like, I looked at her, her last name's Parker and they didn't, mm-hmm. or first oh, name's huh. Parker. I don't know. One of those. It, and I was like, they just never explained. It was great. And then like the secretary of the student council, like she was also black. And I was like, sick. Yep. This is dope. And they also, in the live action, they uh, they cast an actual like black actress for her. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Instead yeah, of um, Promise Neverland, where they uh, mm. they didn't. Mm. But you know yeah. what? Maybe that was for the best, because like, <laughs> Promise Neverland didn't do a great job. Yeah. <laughs> but that's I was so pleasantly surprised by this whole experience with like their multiracial cast. So, good job, Azokin. Just kidding. I love this show now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, before we close out things for good um i wanted to go around and just recommend something that we've been enjoying in the realm of anything anime games whatever evan do you want to start off with something you've been enjoying oh boy uh anything in general that i've been enjoying um i won't go with the easy thing which uh as my switch friend list indicates everyone (laughs) every other human being on the planet is enjoying um so I will recommend actually something that's kind of related. Okay, a manga, uh, Witch Hat Atelier, which is mm. about uh, magic, but where the magic is basically triggered by drawing, and it's about it's okay. metaphorically about being an artist and struggling with you know improving your craft, but it's also about this like kind of little witch academia esque magical world. Uh, some of the most beautiful artwork I've seen in a manga in I don't know like a decade or something. It, it's it's incredible. Like <laughs> yeah, oh I love that. Really cute, really beautifully drawn. Oh. Jeff, what about you? Uh, I'll go after you, Annie, because I realized I hadn't thought about this at all. Wow, you asked. It. Okay, fine. Um, I watched the first episode of Kipo in the Age of Wonder Beasts. What? And what? Kipo in the Age of Wonder Beasts. What are the words you're saying? Oh my goodness. It's a show on Netflix that I think came out like in January. Actually, wait, it came out on my birthday, so that's how I know. <laughs> it And um, it's actually really cute. And it's like this animated show about um, Kipo, and she's like lives underground and then she gets forced up to the surface world and it's like overgrown or like overgrown with monsters and stuff but it's like really cute and good so watch that <laughs> i mean i've only watched the first episode but i'm still gonna plug it watch it <laughs> i guess okay so i guess i'm gonna plug um a show on i guess it's on fx slash hulu which apparently are a thing together now um called devs <laughs> and it's a i guess thriller about software development oh no um, what <laughs> <laughs> um but it's uh it's oh god i forgot the name of the guy um who directed annihilation and um ex machina um alex garland yes oh god yes uh, alex garland 
And I have not actually seen Annihilation yet, but Ex Machina is pretty weird. good. Ex Machina is good. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I like Ex Machina. Uh, but yeah, Devs is... So I've only seen three episodes, and I those episodes are a little mixed, but like the first episode, the premiere is just like extremely stylish, and it's just so weird in a way that I find really compelling. Um, I don't know where the story goes, but like the just imagery is so bizarre and the um i found it interesting from the tech angle too because like they actually sound like software software engineers who are like debugging things in realistic ways oh they're not just doing like clack 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 i'm in yeah well <laughs> th- there is a ba- there is like stuff that is very realistic and then stuff that's very not realistic okay but the stuff that's realistic is is very realistic though so yeah. it's pretty cool nice i think the main appeal is the stylish mm. imagery all right so th- that's our show please rate and review us on apple podcasts we are still new we're not baby anymore. We're we're almost finishing our first season. We're a teenager. Please review us. Uh, send questions and topics for B Stars, which we're covering next week, to uh, lover to weebit at gmail.com or lover to weebit on Twitter. Yeah. Or you can follow me at any other name. And I'm definitely Jeff. And thank you, Evan, for coming on, being our first guest. Yeah, for sure. Can I uh, can I promote my stuff? Yeah. Where can people find you? So I'm on Twitter uh, at vamptvo v a m p t v o, and I podcast every two weeks with my buddy David on Annie Gamers. We do the Annie Gamers podcast. That's AnnieGamers.com slash podcast. Um yeah, and we also write stuff on Annie Gamers. That's a anime manga and video game blog and podcast. So go check that out. Cool. All right. All right. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for, for coming, coming on. Evan. And thanks for agreeing that Azokin's a mixed bag. <laughs> yeah, mixed bag. I'm not gonna be as negative as you, but mixed I would say. <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever as negative. <laughs> That's fine. Alright, All right, bye. bye. And as we always say, wouldn't you rather be anime? Can I have my answer with like a caveat or with a grain of salt? No caveats. You need to have the hottest take possible. Just be, make everyone angry. For the best director? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is hard to have a hot take because it's like a positive question. You know what I mean? You're not like, who's the worst director? Okay. Yeah, but Jeff's going to be mean to me about no matter who I pick. (laughs) Oh, that's true. I, I have a boring answer. As you'll see, I have a it's, yeah, I have a basic bitch answer and then like a a kind of a hot take answer. I don't I don't feel strongly about my pick anyway. So all right, well I have to go first, which sucks. How long does this recording usually last? Hour and a half. Um, we've been Probably doing not that long. Yeah, uh, we've been doing less than an hour usually, but um, damn respect. <laughs> I just recorded a quote unquote like hour and a half long or you know hour fifteen long podcast, which is what mm-hmm. the AGP is supposed to be. Uh, it ran for two hours. Oh, God. Well, there's a BTS performance at 7 p.m., so... Oh, boy. <laughs> Listen, it's at the on the whatever that bullshit James Corden show is, so I have to download a free trial of the CBS app. And... Yikes. Are they still recording that show live? Um, yeah, it's just from, his, uh, doing, from James yeah, Corden's apartment. Yeah, it's from his like garage or something tonight, and <laughs> BTS is performing at some point from their house, so... Wait, is BTS allowed to like be together? They live together. Oh, okay. They're stuck That's together all the time. Fan fiction bait. Oh, yes. oh listen, the That's videos one way to... of them cuddling <laughs> oh, God. have millions of views on YouTube. They're all me. Okay. I didn't really. I should have taken some notes on my own. Actually, my my thoughts on this show are like a little mixed. I think and and I yeah. I I'm That's gonna perfect. figure out how I feel about it in conversation maybe because I've I'm tried to describe really my feelings hard to stance. people. <laughs> So don't worry, you can battle me on it. Even I don't know if I agree with myself fully, but I'm committed to this. <laughs>
Oh boy. I, I'm pretty okay. mixed and my thoughts are all over the place. So uh, we'll see right, how this well, goes. Yeah, I'll commit to being shitty. Don't worry, guys. I got us. <laughs> Wait, are you guys psyched for um, Ex Machina with Oscar Isaac again? Isn't it what? Deus Ex or something? It has a different. It's, or is it called yeah, Ex Machina? Yeah, they changed the name. What is it? There is. Oh, oh, what is it called? It's a very similar they, name. I think it was called um, Ex Machina, but they renamed it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Else. It was literally just called Ex Machina. Oh, The Great Machine. Yeah. I tried just spelling Oscar Isaac as Oscar with two A's because Isaac <laughs> right two A's. Isaac, yeah. Gets you. Uh, so yeah, they. I think they're just like, hey, they're going to do another movie. It's based on something called Ex Machina. And Oscar Isaac was like, I'm in. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> So it's weird. It's great. I'm so excited. Oh yeah, it's the it's gonna be retitled. It's a comic called Ex Machina that they're gonna call the Great Machine because it's very confusing to have two Ex Machinas with us guys. <laughs> People gotta get some new names out there. You can't keep calling things know, Ex Machina. Please. And as we always say, wouldn't you rather be anime? God, I hate no, this one. No, I would not. <laughs> now, are you guys ready for BTS to perform? Because yeah, I'm I'm ready for that to happen and you to watch it and me to not watch it. <laughs> It's going to be great, you guys. Except it's definitely pre-recorded because they posted a hello and they're wearing the same outfits they were wearing in a video last week. So. Oh, this is like when people did the sleuthing on Joe Biden. Yeah. BTS oh, is dead. Tiny, Rest in peace, Tiny BTS. Joe Biden. Yeah. Tiny Joe Biden. Do you ever uh, realize that BTS is contained in Beastars? What? If you remove Shut the ESAR. Oh. Jeff, I'm going to literally murder you with my own two hands. Like, one of these days, if we weren't separated, thanks to the government... 